Welcome, welcome back to Real Talk, uh, Real Talk with Caleb. So, so thankful that you, uh, you know, uh, decided that you would come back on the show, uh, being being open and willing to that, and and thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, right, I know you got some feedback on it. I got a you know a couple of comments back to the entire group because we did the last session as a group. So the four four warriors that shared your story. So you know, thank you so much for that. Um, and, and just being vulnerable, right? As a senior leader, uh, just being vulnerable and sharing your story. And, and I know it's going to, it blessed a lot of people to hear that, uh, not not that you had gone through something, but that you'd gone through something, uh, discrimination, and that you'd been able to recover from that and, and move on from a mental, uh, you know, an emotional status, right? So again, thank you uh, for, for agreeing to be back on the show. And, and while we can't completely stop discrimination, or we haven't yet, I should say, since we haven't stopped it yet, but but we, that's a goal, right? That's, that's our objective. That's our mission objective to stop it. And there are official complaint processes in the middle uh, where, you know, members, if we're being discriminated against, there's a, an official uh, process, complaint process to go through. But Kim, I, you know, that, that's the reality of it. There is an official process. But from the emotional standpoint, uh, could you, you know, uh, share with the audience? Uh, you know, there might be somebody out there right now that's going through discrimination, has been discriminated against. They're in the official complaint process. Um, but from the personal level, right, at the ground truth, uh, would you mind sharing with the audience what that looked like for you and, and then how you picked yourself up and, and moved on? So, again, I want to highlight we're not saying the official complaint process is broken. We're not saying don't follow that. But just from the personal level, um, you think you, that's something you'd be willing to walk our audience through? Yes. I, I'll give it from my perspective and what I did. Um, because I, I did not go through the, uh, I guess, the official complaint process. I So the first thing I would say is the feelings that I had. Um, I, I talked on the podcast before. I felt silenced, and I had felt silenced previous to that. And so it was a win that at that point I was able to stand up and say something. And then the next say something after that became, okay, well, then I'm going to tell um, the – the civilian supervisor, I'm going to tell him what happened, say something. And after that, there were there were actually other healing things that occurred. Well, I didn't use that person's name. I actually, so I'm a, I'm a Toastmaster. And when I was in the Pentagon, there was a Toastmaster, still is, Toastmasters Club. And that was actually one of the speeches I did. And it helped me to tell the story and to the faces and to receive the feedback it, it helped me to to not be silent and that's what i would say that that and that became the okay how do i get to my ground truth i have to say it out loud i have to speak it out loud i have to make sure that everyone is hearing me and that they know especially if they've gone through it that they're not alone i would say that i could have easily fallen into the trap of thinking i'm the only one dealing with this or yeah. rationalizing what was said. Well, maybe I misheard him or maybe I'm too sensitive or, you know, I could have gone through all that. Right. Then I had to finally say, no, um, like you said before, it, it's not professional. It's wrong. These are things that we shouldn't say in the office. And um, like I said, that big part was the voice and to give Absolutely. voice to it. And that has gone on to other things. You, you want me to keep going? 
Absolutely. So, you know, real quick, as you're gathering thoughts moving forward, one of the comments left, and, and I apologize, uh, Kim, I don't have it pulled up right now, but it was KC, so they left their call sign as KC, um, and, and we both know who that is, but yes. they didn't put their full names, so I don't know if they want us to use it, but anyway, uh, you know, they left a, a comment uh, on the link that we had set out in the last podcast, you know, to, you know, give you guys encouragement or ask questions, and he talked something about, uh, like I said, again, apologize, I don't have it in front of me, but about, you know, the the don't want to be a snitch right you know like this i can't remember exactly what he called it uh that him and one of his uh teammates are working on uh, sort of you know an article on it uh but you know if you don't want to be seen that way sometimes younger and you alluded to that a little bit uh in your when your story originally about you know you were a master sergeant i believe when you when you brought this uh to light say hey i finally had uh, I don't want to say necessarily the courage, not implying you didn't have courage before, but finally we're able to stand up and say, no, that is not what we say. We don't use words like that. You know, you felt like, as you just said to your own words, I wasn't silent anymore. But there are some times, you know, I think a lot of times potentially where a younger airman might be experiencing these things. And they're in that, uh, as KC said, not wanting to be a snitch. And, and kind of to your point, did I just hear that right? No, no, I didn't hear that right. And so, yeah, absolutely. Keep going forward. And I just want our audience to understand that. And maybe that's something you can touch on uh, if you experienced it right as a younger airman or as a younger human. Uh, you know, is that something you kind of felt? Did you feel like I can't really say anything about this? And, and is that did I really hear what I, I think I heard? And no, no, no. And you kind of tell yourself no. So, yeah, keep telling your story. Absolutely. That's that's I want you to speak, Kim. I want you to speak life into those that are going through this right now. Or, or, you know, God forbid they yes. find themselves going through it in the future. Yeah, speak life to them because whether you think, you know, please don't put yourself in that box of saying, well, you know, I, I only did what I did and it helped me. And I'm not saying you are, but don't look at it that way because you never know how, you know, how you approach it, how you move through it. You don't, you never know how many more people that's going to help that are in, in, in the hole right now, just feeling like, you know, just like, hey, I'm borderline worthless because the way they might be getting treated so yeah speak life to them absolutely press on that's right so the don't want to be a snitch um (laughs) yes i know casey he's 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 one of my brothers so um yeah you know the don't want to be a snitch now for some i could see some definitely feeling that way like okay we're a team and someone on my on my team said this in fact i remember someone had said uh, and because it, it's more than just race it could be gender it could be gay it could be whatever and it, you know, let's say someone on your team is making extremely bad jokes or just saying things that are inappropriate or things like that's so gay you know stuff like that 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 stuff is wrong and so it it gets hard when you're like well I'm on a team with this person do I say something and I would tell you I I would say say something because well the story we ended up hearing about was you know that person was like they'd said something like that and they didn't realize there was like a young airman in the corner that pretty much kind of shrunk up and on the inside because they had said, you know, they thought they were joking, but they had said something about someone being gay and um, to yeah. see someone shrink up in the corner. So use your voice, say something because there is, you know, you never know who's in the corner. Like, I can't say anything. I don't have the power. And then for that person who's in the corner, who's like, I can't say anything. One, know that someone noticed that you shrunk up in the corner and they may be speaking up for you without you knowing it. And, or there's all 
always someone you can talk to, to say, hey, this happened and this is how I felt. What can I do about it? And if you're getting the the, the hand, uh, the silent treatment, go to someone else. I'll say that very quickly. Go to someone else. Um, because, like I said, even in my thing, I went to the person. And when I didn't get what I thought was satisfactory with that person, I went to another person and and have that conversation and then gave voice okay we're gonna we're gonna talk about this some more for to make sure that everyone's getting like this is not okay and that's what i would that's what i would say i wish i could remember um it was actually a a major and i want to say he was a commander in maintenance at creech and it was his story and his story was so powerful because he talked about that airman in the corner that shriveled up that felt like they couldn't say anything and the fact that that airman was seen. Someone saw that airman because we hear a story about someone saw that airman and um, and some as far as don't want to be a snitch, some are in that that was in, no, they weren't in maintenance, it was security forces and they were in what they felt like was maybe a macho career field where they couldn't say I'm this or I'm that or I'm different or, or whatever and, and you can, there's always someone that you can talk to um, your first sergeant, there's there, you know, your supervisor. And if you, like I said, if you can't feel like, if you don't feel comfortable talking to them, then uh, there's of course, you know, there's a, probably a whole nother where you're going to talk about resources, but all the resources of people that you can talk to do not, do not be, do not feel alone in your, in feeling shrunk when it comes to, any of these diversity issues, race, sex. Um, and it's the same thing, you know, being told what I've seen being told that, oh, you, okay, if you want to breastfeed, you need to breastfeed in, in the bathroom. No, you don't feed babies in the bathroom. So things like that, it, the, the, the diversity, so many areas and don't be silent. Don't, and I know that that's easy for me to say, right? I, I was a master sergeant when I said something, but um, don't be silent. Find someone that you trust that you can tell, hey, this is what's going on. And then have that, that I hate to say growth mindset, but the growth mindset of what can we do to make this better? What can we do to fix it? Um, and then know, okay, when it comes to the snitch thing, um, I've actually talked to the BMT trainees about this because they they deal with it all the time. They're afraid to snitch on trainees and they get in trouble. And um, I have to tell them who was the one that did the thing, right? So like in my example, um, it, it was that other person who said the N-word. So, so that, is, that is what they did. I am not a snitch for something they did. I take responsibility for my actions, my feelings, my stuff. They did that. And so I'm going to go say something. They can take responsibility for what they did. but I, and I'm going to take responsibility for what I did. I find that the the stitch thing, it's almost like, well, I, I need to take care of everyone. Well, everyone's not taking care of each other. So, and sometimes we have to say that everyone on the team is not taking care of each other. And that behavior, that uh, communication, that whatever that is, that's not okay. That's not all right. Yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, absolutely, Kim. And, and I think it, it popped in my mind. I'm pretty sure that uh, Casey had called it cultural tolerance, if I, if I remember right. Some of the words you said, I know, like you said, uh, he's, he's your brother. He's my brother in arms as well. But I know you guys know each other a little bit better. But uh, when you were saying a couple of words, I think that's what he called it, cultural tolerance. And that really hits on. I was having a conversation with someone the other day, uh, Chris. He's the 18th Air Force Command Chief out of, or the Command Chief out of 18th Air Force. And um, 
he brought up about culture and branding and things like that when we were talking about inclusive leadership and inclusive organizations. And so that goes back. So when you talk about, you know, you got to own your, you know, I'm responsible for my actions. I'm responsible for my words, my behavior, my demeanor. Uh, but Kim, I'll just be honest, you know, this real, uh, there's, there's airmen out there right now that, uh, that they don't see that being mm. represented. They don't see that being mm. demonstrated. Right. And that's just the honest truth of it. So, and there's a couple of things I'd like to pull apart, uh, they, not pull apart, but, you know, kind of go in, delve into a little bit of what you brought up. But when you go back to that cultural tolerance, uh, so I don't want to put words in his mouth, hopefully that's what he said, but, uh, you know, it's definitely on that, in that vein. When, when you talk about, like, I don't want to be a snitch, well, what culture are you mm, protecting? That's right? Because usually when you think about people talk about, I don't want to be a snitch, it's, uh, I think it probably, and I don't want to, I, I don't want anybody to stick this to the point of that's exactly where it happened. But in my mind, when you talk about, that's when I grew when I was growing up, being a snitch was you were telling on somebody that was doing something they weren't supposed to be doing in accordance with law, right? And that's just where I grew up in the, in the environment I grew up in. And like, you know, the, the saying, uh, snitches get stitches, it was like a physical violence was going to occur to you. Uh, and, and I saw it happen, right? You know, so I think that's where the term, at least for me, and a lot of people probably can associate with that. But you were protecting, if you were going to not snitch, you were protecting a culture of something, right? So when, when I hear that, you know, you're talking about that with basic trainees or our brand new airmen in our organization, and they're, they're afraid to be a snitch, well, what culture are you protecting, right? So I think it's important that we educate, right, help them understand on multiple levels, but what culture, the culture, this is what the culture we stand for, inclusive or diverse and inclusive uh, of that diversity, right? So, yeah, what kind of culture are you protecting? So it's important we help our, our airmen understand that. But so when you go, I'd like to go back to where you talked about, hey, there is someone uh, that will listen. There is someone that will help. Uh, you know, I, if, you, if, you, if you don't mind, uh, I already put you on the spot, and, and I know this is it's the way it is, and you can say, hey, I don't want to talk about that, and I had to go right into the recording, and my feelings won't be hurt at all. Uh, when you say that about, hey, there's somebody that's going to listen, it took a lot of courage as a master sergeant to stand up. But you were the, as you said in your story, the lowest ranking, so to speak, only military. You were the yeah. only in a lot of cases. <laughs> Uh, imagine, imagine, you know, those airmen out there and you, they hear you say, um, and I'm not just saying just airmen, just in the grade of airmen, but airmen and, you know, great agnostic sitting there saying, that's cool that you say that, Kim, but my supervisor, I've, I've seen they, they're mm -hmm, part of this process, mm -hmm. my chain of command. So what would your advice be to, yeah, there's that official chain of command. There's that official complaint process that I'm not, I'm not saying is don't follow. I'm not saying that, but in the real. What, what would your advice be to the, that airman, that individual that feels like they don't have anywhere to go to? And, you know, I got to go drive over to the EO office. Well, what does that look like after I do that? So, again, not cross water with, with EO. They have their own process. But what, what other advice do you have for someone that, you know, so they don't okay. feel so alone? So what I'm, what I'm going to talk about with that is is stuff that's come straight out of uh, – because I know you also talked about the – you know, our personal growth afterward. So when I was at Creech, yep. we created a diversity council. It was my first sergeant. She was really good. Created a diversity council. And during and at the, which it's not a cliche. So at the diversity council, we would have different speakers from around the base talk. And we had a, and this is just an example. We had a lieutenant colonel who was um, gay, lesbian, um, a pilot. Uh, I'll talk about all of that. And during that talk, airmen mm -hmm. started asking questions and they started saying, I feel alone in my work center because I am, and they listed things. They were, I am African-American. I am female. I am gay. I am fill in the blank. So they're feeling alone. And I will tell you that yeah. what 
one, the diversity council itself or finding a group of like-minded people to talk to, that that was invaluable. I didn't even know how invaluable it was. Um, but I just said, hey, I'm going to support this in any way I can and just started showing up to every meeting. And sometimes our job is, is just to show up. But but the other job is to make that space so that everyone can talk to each other. And they they were able to talk. And that airman and, and not, I'm going to be honest, that airman was one of my airmen in my unit. And I didn't know until she said that, that she felt that way. I had no idea. Uh, I because And then it, I had to go stop and go, how did I not know that you felt alone as an African-American female gay lesbian? How did I know you felt alone in that? And so when she said it at the meeting, everyone instantly gathered around her. And so she knew once she had people there she could talk to. She was doing diversity events with them. And then she knew, and I told her, I said, you can come talk to me anytime. I know that's out of the chain of command. That's out of your supervisor. Okay, your my door is open and I mean that. And and my thing was I, I started checking on her a lot more often. But, but I would say trying to find... A, I call, find your tribe. You know, I mentioned that Toastmasters, right? Well, Toastmasters yeah. was my tribe in the Pentagon. Toastmasters, and then I'd leave my other office and go to another office that had enlisted in it. They were my tribe. They were my two tribes. And I told both of those tribes what was happening to me. And they told me, hey, then, then what, why don't you do this? Or I encourage you to try that. Or I had to find that tribe. And I would tell those airmen, find yeah. your tribe because they do exist. You're even if you feel alone, you're not you're not alone. Um, if you need more people that look like you and sound like you and are fill in the blank like you, then go find that tribe. My only caution, because I have also seen where airmen would find their tribe and, and it would get them in trouble, is you still keep still keep in mind that you're in yeah. the Air Force and that, you know, you you do still have to think about why you have decided to serve in the world's greatest Air Force and figure out. Do, does your group of people align with that? So like I said, my group were Toastmasters. They aligned with what we were doing and they were all about mentorship and moving forward and doing positive things. My other group enlisted um, in the operations directorate. They were all about, okay, how can we be better? How can we move forward? What does our team look? So, so they were helping me move forward and giving me a forward outlook, even though I was the only only of this or the only of that they were still like okay let's let's do this together and i i have great wins from the, the they, those were they were my tribe during that time so i would definitely say to that yeah. airman that is alone find your tribe find those people you can talk to and you may be surprised because from there it ended up being um that 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 uh lieutenant colonel she ended up sharing some things about being ostracized being ostracized on the officer side and we all really started talking about those things to me that's what a diversity council should be doing it's not just hosting events it is sitting there talking and everyone getting an understanding and it should be inclusive of everyone everyone should be able to go to this and say i'm this and this is what life is like for me and then we all you know we come together and support each other. so i've seen that um i've seen that be great 
uh, I, I have to give a shout out to Creek Air Force Base. I've seen that be great. And I've seen that provide some support to those airmen totally outside of EO channels. We did have a, uh, in that council, there was an EO NCO, they, they were at Nellis and they'd come up for the meetings, but still it was totally outside of those channels. And then everyone yeah. was able to gain that understanding. I kind of said in the first podcast, I'd rather you tell me that you don't understand than tell me that it doesn't exist. Those kind of kinds of forums, if done right, provide that understanding of what life is like for each and every different kind of airman. That's great, uh, Kim. So first, uh, not necessarily first in priority order, but uh, I, I don't want to lose this. Uh, it is yeah. vitally important to find your tribe. Um, so I, I, I would agree with you to be, I would cautious, uh, or caution, I'm sorry, caution our, our teammates to, even within that, that tribe, yes. uh, hopefully there's some diversity of thought, diversity of, of action, diversity of, of everything within that tribe, hopefully. But I do also understand that sometimes, and I would say the infancy stages of, of finding your tribe, it might be people that are exactly like you. Um, but I think, you know, to your point, there has to be some growth past that. But it's vitally important for people to feel accepted. As human beings, we have to feel accepted, or at least we're a lot more productive I think that, you know, I don't want to go off on a whole other series, but when yes. we start talking about deep depression and suicides, there's always there's always things that are factors, right? And I know this is one of the factors is not being yes. able to, like, you don't feel accepted, right? Especially if you're like, you just talked about earlier in the show where the airman in the corner, the airman that was, you know, shirking in the corner, hunkered down and, and feeling all alone and left out, those, not saying that. That's 100% what powers, uh, you know, suicidal thoughts, but that is a factor. So when yeah. we talk about finding acceptance, that is vitally important. Now, my my dream would be that, uh, or my goal, my mission objective is that when you come into the Air Force, uh, you know, wherever you find yourself, wherever office space, team, you know, one of our special forces teams, wherever you're at, uh, that you would feel like that is your tribe, you know. But honestly, we're just not there 100% yet. Now, that's why we're doing these these shows and trying to raise awareness. But the other thing that I, I like what you said is about the event, the diversity event. And, you know, again, this is a real talk, Kim. I know you know this. You've experienced it a lot, lot different on a lot different perspective than I have. But a lot of times when people hear that, it's, it's blown off, right? They're like, oh, great. Yeah, another event. They're going to teach us how to, how to act today. Uh, and in some of our communities in the airport, yes. that's exactly the words that are said or, or maybe even worse. Yes. You know, because Mexico lives in there potentially, right? So. I like that, and I would like for you to consider uh, sharing that. You know, I'm doing a web article on this whole entire uh, special project because I think that's some, some stuff to get after of how they did that at Creech. If you have any of that information, to share that with the team because that's another thing I, I feel that we don't share enough. Uh, and not saying you don't share enough, but we don't share enough as, as leaders to be able to say, hey, this worked really well. And as an example, we did a resiliency, day, a resiliency tactical pause here at, at the base I'm at here at Ellsworth. And I heard the grumbling, you know, like, oh, great. Yeah, we're going to do a resilience tactical policy. The chief of staff, chief of staff of the Air Force said we got to. Uh, and that's the only reason the leaders care. And I, I will give uh, a lot of props to our wing commander here, Colonel Dolph, and um, Chief Hemingway, the command chief out here. I actually had her on one of the shows, uh, hashtag slay. Uh, you know, she's overcome a lot of stuff in her career, and I don't want to tell her story. She does that. But uh, where I was going with that is they said, hey, we want to have these panels. And they had some, some of the teammates that, that helped set this up, but that was their vision to have these panels and it's not diversity panels, but it is the same type of thing where yes. they had some key speakers, right? They came up and shared their, their stories of almost suicide stories of children's suicides. And I mean, just heartbreaking stuff. And then people stood up in the room and started 
sharing their testimony. Oh, wow. Yes. It was powerful. Yeah. It's probably a lot like what you were just talking about. I mean, we had a chief master sergeant. I'll leave, leave him nameless. He shared his story, but I think that's his, his, his role to share his story, not me for him. But he got up and to know, no, none of us knew this story. Uh, at least we're in the room except him. And he shares his story and, and is like just very vulnerable, shared his story, and, and then ends up starting some stuff in the dorms with resiliency teams essentially in the dorms. So, I mean, it's just some great stuff, and we've shared that and, and pushed that out. So I would, back to the point, I would yes. love to see how Creeks did that because I think that would benefit based on what you're sharing and based on my experience from a different type of panel. Uh, I know that would really help uh, help our airmen out there. So thanks, thanks for sharing that uh, for sure. Uh, what else? What else is on your mind that that you think maybe uh, someone out there listening, whether it's only one person, or a hundred, or a thousand, uh, something else that maybe through your experience that you think? Yes, that might help um, and you know what? As far as the diversity council, I, I have to shout out Master Sergeant Elizabeth Johnson. So she 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 said, Chief, we need this. It's missing, and and I said, okay, run with. I have to shout her out. So what what else do I think is missing? I think you know some of this stuff. I'm not gonna call it simple, but I, the whole the fact that we can have a conversation and everyone just listen, um, kind of like you said, we, you know, when you say words like diversity and resilience, you're right. We get the uh, I, and and I I don't know right now. I was like, if we could come up with another word, then it, it'd be another word that they say uh to. But if we could come up with another word for um, you know, yeah. let's get together and talk about what it's like to be an American airman. You know, I don't know American airman time and and talk about the differences and yeah. say okay this this is what it means to yeah. be an american airman i'm filling the blank all these things same thing this is what it means to be an american airman i'm all of this you know maybe it's yeah. um in, in in basic training we actually do we there's the airman's time uh where where you, you you go and you talk to the trainees but then you can also just talk about your differences and i, I will say that that has that has been almost I don't want to say lost, but we could do better with that. I would say even with the trainees, I love BMT, BMT all day. So even with the trainees, uh, when we're talking through leadership, I ask yeah. them, what do, what prepared you for leadership, let's say, outside the military? And then they'll tell me all the things. Uh, and But what, what I'm finding is that that talk to just say, tell me who you are. Tell me about where you came from. Tell me about your family. Tell me about Tell me about you. That is that is so vitally important and it's yeah. more than just it's more than just a demographic sheet to me a demographic sheet does i know some have gone to that like hey let's just do a demographic sheet on everyone that demographic sheet does not tell you where they came from it's just words uh, yes i know that demographic that sheet not does not <laughs> that does not tell you that that airman was adopted or that doesn't tell you that so you still have to have that time to sit and talk to them and find out what what makes them so great because it, our differences together is what makes us great so we're not saying differences are we want di differences together make us great but do we even know or understand our differences so that we can say this is this is why the team is great we're different in all these different ways we come together we get the mission done and, and yeah. I, I was like it's not a demographic sheet it's not a powerpoint presentation it's the sit down talk how you doing today? And I would say that that's definitely one of the things that that we need to do. We need to do more of um, 
and I would say that, you know, I know it's coronavirus and all that stuff. It's been real nice, actually, to be on Zoom calls and to have some of these conversations I would not normally take the time <laughs> yeah. to have with airmen all over the Air Force right now. And and, and more than just uh, blue suit airmen, you know, the civilians, contractors, and just have those conversations. We're almost forced to do it differently. But I'm like, you know, a video chat's perfectly fine. You know, how are you doing today? <laughs> um, what's going on in your world? What's going on? your life what yeah. what are your successes yeah. what are your and you once you get through that then you can get to hey this these are my issues no one's gonna unless you have that trust you know you, you've probably heard the trust jar and the marbles unless you have marbles in the trust you know drawer yeah. no a jar no one's gonna no one's gonna give you their problems and you want to build up to the point where they're giving you their problems. They're not yeah. going to give that to you because you haven't even asked them where they're from. You haven't asked them, Hey, tell me about your family. You haven't asked, you haven't asked any of that. You haven't taken the time to get to know these airmen so that they would bring you, Hey, this is the issue. And you can be like, okay, I can, I can run that down for you. I can fight that good fight for yeah. you um, until you're strong enough and ready to do it yourself. That, that to yeah, yeah, I'm just no, saying that, are, that to me is yeah. where it starts sorry, from, the, the simple getting to know out, outside of a diversity sheet, outside of a feedback form, outside of that, uh, getting to really know your people, getting really, yeah, so that, like I said, so they'd want to bring you their issues. Yeah, you're, you're spot on. So something else you said earlier, too. Um, you know, it, it highlighted something that I think we should talk about. So you talked about, hey, that young lady, in this case, if your story stood up, that young lady said, hey, I have X, Y, and Z. And you're like, man, I didn't even know. So I don't want our leaders out in the field. So there's some people out there, and I know you know this, Tim, that are jobbing it. They are doing it right. They're, they're maxed out. They're doing everything that they possibly can, and they're going to miss stuff. And that's just human. And there's some on the other side of it, so to speak, of – hey, I'm in the leadership position or term that way, right? I think we're all leaders in our own right. But so I'm the one that's in charge of human beings and um, I'm doing everything I can, but maybe some of those human beings I'm in are responsible for aren't sharing 100% with me because of some some biases they may have or some you know blind spots that they may have. So what I would like to tell leaders a lot I use a story uh, that, that, that occurred to me. I'm a storyteller, but, um, you know, so I won't go into depth of it. But so there was somebody that, that needed some help that yeah. I felt that they needed help. And I didn't feel like they were going to open up to me. I thought, you know, like I've told people before, I'm not approachable to everybody. I try my best, but I just realistically, we're not 100% of the people are not going to come up to you and, and talk to you. That's just the way it is. So I reached out to this person. They were in, I was a mass sergeant. And they were a senior airman in the shop. I said, I, I perceive that you're going through some things. I perceive that you need some help, uh, and maybe you don't trust me to help you. Um, and this individual looked at me a little bit shocked and said, uh, well, Master, what, what do you suggest? And I said, I have four people. Uh, I would like to give you their names. They've, they've told me in the past that they would help out anyone. You pick off uh, those names. You reach out to all of them and see if they'll align to help you out. And this person, three years later, ended up telling me, you know, I really respect. I didn't even know it at the time. I thought you were a cop out. Uh, but looking back, you realize that there was a problem. And I'm not patting myself on the back, but I'm using that story to illustrate to our leaders out there. If you think that there's something that you can't help with, but you know that somebody needs some help, put them in a direction. So, Kim, there might be somebody approach me one day about something. I'm like, yes. I, I don't know that I can help you. Like, I know Kim can help you, though. Uh, and then and, and being okay with that and not feeling like you're giving up as a leader, 
to push someone to go to someone where you think kind of maybe to their tribe, so to speak, as you said earlier, somebody they at least feel like is more in their tribe, no matter what you do or say, you might not ever be able to connect with that person based on whatever. Uh, so pushing them just towards somebody, I don't mean that in a negative way, but helping to encourage them to go to someone that can help them. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that uh, to our leaders out there to think that maybe they don't have to own a hundred percent of every I little detail? I agree with that. I, I have also where I, I, I said, because of the AFSC that person was in, so uh, I will, like, let's just say my, the MTIs, I will give them feedback, but then I will tell them, I also think you should get feedback from someone in your, in your AFSC, and, you know, here are some options for you. I feel as leaders and as mentors, we are supposed to have a network where our network can help someone else. I, I don't think our network is just for us and for self-promotion. Yeah. We're supposed to be able to have this network so that we can tap into it to be like, Airman sure. so-and-so, I, I do this with the um, the three papas, the security forces, and I'm like, hey, I, I know a chief in security forces, and, and, and he's part of my network. I'm proud to say that I know him, and hey, I read your records. This is what I saw. I believe he can help you. But it would be this. It is to me the same thing. If someone comes to me with a, a non record related issue and they're like, I have this other personal issue, depending on what it is, then I can say, hey, I think you should connect with the this person. And I would some I will ask, I would say, hey, I believe and I've had to do this recently. Someone contacted me and said, hey, I believe that I have some some people that will be able to help you with your issue that are that will be able to be better than me. And I asked them, do you mind if I connect you? Do you mind if I give your phone yeah. number? Do you mind if I make that connection? I feel like as a leader, that is my job. Now, yes, I have had some get angry with me because I couldn't be the one to fix whatever it was. Um, but I, but I felt like they were going to get a better answer and better yeah. mentorship from that person that was closer to the issue. And, and, and to me, that's also a, it is a sign. I can't think of the right word right now. It is a great sign when a leader will open their network to you. Um, that's, that's the whole, that's the difference almost between having, you know, it's a different yeah. conversation, but having a sponsor and a mentor, you know, uh, that that's a different conversation, but, but I believe that is our job yeah, for yeah. some we're mentoring in person for some we're, we're, we're giving them the network for some we're sponsoring them in the door and to do things. So I feel like that is, I feel like it's vital. I, yes, some people do get mad about it, but I think that's what we're supposed to do. I think that that's, I tell I tell senior NCOs, I'm like, to me, that's the reason why, you know, you're like, why am I, why should I go to a top three meeting? Well, almost like the first part of the conversation, you're going to one, find your tribe, two, you're going to find out why people are different, and three, you're going to create a network that will help your airmen. If you go for no other reason but to create a network that will help your airmen, then you have succeeded. Absolutely. Now you know someone in medical. Now you know someone in admin. Now you know someone in personnel. Now you, or if it's diversity, now you know someone who has that issue. Now you have, now you know. For me, it was single parents. It, you know, that was that was a big part of my life as as a as an airman. So now I have this whole network of senior of single parents. To me, we are that is our job. We are supposed to do that. We're supposed to connect and help other people connect. I'm a, I'm big on connection though. <laughs> no, absolutely. Kim. Hey, you know what? I'm always, uh, <laughs> you know me, I, I'm like, uh, what else can, <laughs> what else can we, uh, 
benefit from Kim's wisdom on. And, and I'm writing notes down here right now. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and give you a, a, a shout out of, of your wisdom, but also to kind of challenge you, Kim, to think about, don't want to get too far off course on the podcast here, but to think about maybe maybe doing a, an article or, or coming back on the show or something <laughs> about because, man, top three, don't even get me started on that. But if yes. everybody looked at the way you did, we wouldn't have a problem. That top three would probably be out there executing, getting the mission done uh, in a way it sh- should be. But anyway, thanks for that. And you're absolutely right about connecting. And and so I, I would okay. like you, uh, Kim, if you don't mind, to give some final thoughts. I got one final question for you uh, right as we get ready to end the show. But some final thoughts, uh, just kind of wrapping this up, put a bow on. Uh, and I don't mean that as to like push it to the side, but truly, I think this is a gift. This is a present that you're able to give other people about how you've walked through this. And, and so I'm not just playing around. You do have a lot of wisdom, Kim. So I'd like you to kind of put final thoughts, what you would say if, if I, I tell people, I know it sounds a little bit morbid, but in all honesty, we're living in the dash right now. I could, I could, I'm sitting in my truck right now making this recording. I could pull out in the street and no longer be here. So in the dash right now, if this was the last thing that you could pass on to anybody, uh, i.e., highlighting that importance of the message you're about to drop uh Ooh, what, what is okay, some of your final thoughts my final thoughts yes i, I like it you said living in the dash <laughs> sorry i you know, drop it on you <laughs> you know if you were to ask yourself and you know this is a resiliency but if you were to ask yourself when you're 85 you know what what is the one thing you're going to look back on and remember or what is the one thing that you want to get to the finish line with um it, it, it's probably relationships or your family or something like that. Yeah. I would say make sure that you're that you're able to build that. Make sure that what you want to end with is is who you are or that or the person you're growing into. If you if you don't want to get to the finish line alone, then don't be the person that no one wants to be around. You know, I hate to say that. But, you know, then that might help you watch the things that come out of your mouth. Yeah, and then right. I would say and then for those who are like, I don't know what to do, I would say sit down and listen just listen to people talk and they'll tell you they'll they'll you know be that person that's willing to sit down listen uh and let people say what it is that is good bad indifferent you know uh, and and just just do that because at the end of the day i i do believe it is about people i i do believe it is about connection um that's that's part of i didn't talk about my spiritual practices but that's my spiritual practices is is connecting with people making sure people are connected and so that's what i would say i would say when you get to be 85 or if you were you know like you said we're living in the dash so if your last day came you know and you were to look back you know what what almost like a yep. my exit interview what was good what was challenging and what would you change if you were king or queen for the day that's what i'd say yeah yeah awesome you know uh, somebody asked me that uh, it probably happens to you too as a chief um you know like if you go back in your career and, and change anything uh, so uh, not to end on a sad note, but uh, and, and we'll, we won't because I'm going to ask you this one last question, um, you know, about what, what do you hope your legacy is? But to give you time to reload your magazine while I'm finishing up here. But, uh, you know, as I said, you know what, I wish I could go back and, and speak to those, uh, you know, that, that took their own life. If I could have said something different, you know, I know eight, eight heroes that uh, took their own life. Um, you know, and I've known a lot more in, in, you know, combat. We lost 31 on my deployment in 2008. Uh, they were attached to us as a security element, United States Marine Corps. But, um, you know, it's those things, those are things I wish I could go back and change. And those things I know I, I don't have any control of. 
right? Um, so I love the way you said that of like, hey, do you want to end the the person that you not want to end alone? Well, then don't then don't be a jackass, essentially, right? You know, I, I hate to be so blunt with it, but you know, I'm just real. So you know, it's just, hey, be, be a nice person, be a good person, you know. So those things that if you yeah, can, yeah right, be a good human, like Chief Wright says all the time, be a good airman. Be a good human. And yes, I think, you know, he knows yes. too, right? We have to add some descriptors to that because some people, you know, we all grow up differently as we've all been discussing. But anyway, uh, you know, you're, you're right. Thank you for sharing that, those final thoughts about the way you termed that. That's awesome. But so now you've had a chance to reload that magazine, Kim. So, uh, you know, uh, what, what do you hope? And I think you might have touched on it a little bit, but what do you hope uh, that your legacy would be, right? You know, sometimes people just think they're entitled to leave a legacy and it's going to be good. And, and we know that's not true. You'll leave a legacy, but it might not be a good one. But, uh, you know, what what would you hope uh, that your legacy is after after me and you, after we're gone and they're, they're sitting back talking about the, mm, about, okay, you know. I'm going to try not to get uh, emotional what, what about this they, one. They you, you brought up him. some stuff, though, that actually goes into what I hope my legacy is. <laughs> And um, so I can't remember what year. It was the, the yeah. first time I was at Creech. Um, there was a suicide. And, and I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to end this on a bad note either, but there was a suicide. And this person was close to me. And she was close to a lot of the people in the squadron. And it, yeah. it was things I missed. I had a conversation with her the night before she killed herself. And I'd asked her, um, I asked her how everything was going. And she said, everything's great. Mm. And then I said, okay, so do you have a plan? And she said, yes. And that's always something where I look back on and, and say, I didn't ask the right questions. I didn't connect enough. Um, yes, I can't, no, you do not ever blame yourself uh, for if you're in that kind of situation. But what I mean by all of that is saying, I hope in looking yeah. back and, um, you know, when I think of her, then I, I think to myself, what do I need to say to connect to this person on a deeper level? Each person. I think about her and I go, okay. You know, I get another chance to connect with someone else personally. How do I connect with this person to maybe not to fix anything, but to just make them know that they're heard, they're seen, they're human. Because if I could have gone back, I would have told her um, she was going through a divorce. Yeah. I would have told her you're not alone. Um, she had lost a baby. You're not alone. I, I, I would have done those connection things. Yeah. And that happened when I was a staff sergeant. I never forgot that because I will say that that has made me who I am today. Because I, in the back of my mind, I always say, even as a chief, I, I ask myself, what am I missing? Yeah. And how do I know if I'm missing it? And, um, and if I'm in whatever position, who am I supposed to help in this position? I, I literally asked myself that because I've been through and I, I've, I've looked into the face of her parents, yeah. um, saw the flag. get, And I said, I will, as long as I can try, I will never be in this position again because I want to be in front of it. And I want to have that connection. Has it been perfect? No, but I at least, Hey, tell me about you. Tell me more about you. Cause after that, then it was the single parent network. And then it was, and then it was all these networks because then I decided how can I connect with people? It was military natural hair. It was all these other networks came after dealing with someone who had actually taken her life because she alone. And so then I said, how can I make sure the people around me know that they're not alone? I will make a network all day <laughs> just to let them know, to have that conversation. So when the legacy I hope I leave, yeah, I hope I, I leave a legacy of um, she connected with me. 
She made me feel like I'm worth being here. She made me feel like I'm worth doing the job that I'm doing. She made yeah. me feel like I could do more. She made me feel better about myself. When I was in her presence, I knew I could do it. Yeah. That would be the legacy. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I tell you what. Yeah, you're. That's a great one. And and Kim, I you know, uh, I, I don't think you have to worry about whether that's going to be the the legacy or not because that's based on what I know of you, right? Um, it, it, that's already that's already being said. So I think your legacy is being <laughs> solidified at this point, not being built. Um, but but so and, and not to rush things, right? I'm not you're saying so that, that we're going to just drop off the face of the earth anytime soon. But um, but yeah. So thank yeah. you so much uh, for being on the show. Uh, I, it's just been uplifting to talk to you, to be honest with you. You know, if I can just be, be real with you for a second, it's always uplifting to, to talk to my brothers and sisters. Uh, you know, I come from a crazy background mm -hmm. and family and stuff. And so I've connected a lot more with people in the Air Force than, than I have anywhere else. But uh, so just thank you for being vulnerable uh, and sharing. Uh, there's there's some similarities in some of the things you've gone through and, and a lot of other people out there. And I know they're going to be blessed yes. to just hear how positive you are and the way that you spun it for your favor, right? And uh, the way you speak life into people's lives right now, you know, and uh, get them to be inspired and motivated to to move out and, and to, you to are grow so themselves, welcome. you know. So, no, thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome back anytime, Kim. Uh, please uh, just drop <laughs> drop us a note anytime yes, and uh, we'll do. if you don't mind just uh, hang on uh, at the end of the show and we'll catch up on a little bit more of a personal level